right. Well, good morning, apes, and happy Tuesday to everybody out there. Hope everybody's doing all right. Uh, most importantly, shout out to any Denver Broncos fans out there after that big win yesterday. I don't know if anybody saw that coming over that win against the Bills. I sure as hell didn't see that coming at all. I mean, I would have put my mortgage on the Bills winning that game, but thankfully, I'm not the one making financial decisions for you and your family because we probably would have blown up several times by now if that was the case. But either way, we're coming at you again here today with another edition of the Daily Peel. This is the edition for uh, Tuesday, November 14th, 2023, the MCU's Horror Show. We're going to get into that at the very end of the conversation here today. we got a couple of things I'm going to go over first and foremost. Without kind of dilly-dallying anymore, let's just get right into it. So today's big stories of the day is, first and foremost, we're going to compare some economics report from two of America's finest institutions that definitely played no role whatsoever in causing the global financial crisis back in 2008, being Moody's and Goldman Sachs. They got some differing opinions, so we'll definitely dive into those and see exactly what's going on there. We got a couple earnings reports, or really uh, only one or two earnings reports on the day, being Monday.com and Tyson Foods, as earnings season rolls to an end. But as always, there's going to be some action going on. Thankfully, we have people like Elon Musk to make sure that we're never bored, as they're always doing something random and keeping us entertained while making money at the same time. Great combination. Then down below, like the title alludes to, we'll get into the MCU and their latest absolute horror show of a felt. Uh, what was it called? The Marvels. It was pretty disgusting at the box office, but I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. So we'll get into that in just a minute here. Now, uh, speaking down below, of course, like we were just talking about the Broncos and Bills game, certainly hope your bets hit. Now, if you were betting on markets yesterday, they probably didn't hit. It was a very flat day, very kind of nonchalant. Nobody really knew what was going on. Uh, we didn't get a whole lot of strong moves in either direction. People were pretty much waiting in trepidation for today's CPI report, which we're going to be talking about tomorrow morning. In case anybody didn't see, core CPI came in at about 4%, the lowest reading in over two years. So inflation still very much moving in the right direction. Going back to that idea of windflation that we talked about yesterday. Now, moving on down below here, we can get into some of the banana bits. It was an interesting day in terms of overall news, uh, especially for Boeing. Boeing investors have been waiting quite a long time for an actual good day. It seems like they haven't had one since they were founded in 1916, especially ever since the 737 MAX seemed to be out here committing a genocide against anybody that bought a plane ticket. So uh, it's great to see that those are starting to come back online, especially in China, as they start to consider actually purchasing some more of those. Uh, and at the same time, Emirates, big airline from the United Arab Emirates, is uh, thinking about purchasing $52 billion worth of planes somewhere around there. So obviously they're happy to see that. Now, we are getting some movement from big oil as well with Exxon moving into the lithium industry. They're basically, they're starting to realize that they're not going to be able to fuel cars forever. So they're shifting the gears a little bit and getting into a different kind of a core commodity as it relates to the next wave of cars. Now, moving on down below, Wall Street banks have had slightly differing opinions when it comes to exactly uh, how rates are going to be cut next year. Definitely going to want to get into that to see how Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs disagree. These guys hate each other uh, almost as much as Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Perry the Platypus hated each other. So it's interesting to see these different opinions. Be sure to let us know whose side you come down on. Then, of course, down below, traders were full of trepidation, like we said yesterday, and thinking about today's CPI report. Obviously, it was fairly good news here this morning, and we'll definitely begin into that tomorrow. But before we do, we got a lot to talk about. So the economy is gold, man, allegedly. That's what Goldman Sachs says. But Moody says the economy is going to be a little bit more moody going forward. So with all that, let's go ahead and just dive right into these reports here. Obviously, these are two major institutions of the American financial system. They came out with recent outlooks as it relates to 2024 and basically the longer term future. Starting off with Moody's over here. This, uh, as the headline reads, Moody's changes their outlook on U.S. states 
rating to negative uh, affirms AAA ratings. You might be confused on what the hell that means because AAA is definitely not negative. Basically, what they're saying here is the outlook on economic performance for over the next certain time period turned more negative. However, the debt rating or the credit rating on the country overall certainly doesn't warrant that negative rating or any kind of change down below. Uh, Moody's little brother, Fitch, back in August, actually did downgrade the U.S. from that AAA rating. But Moody's, you know, being the more uh, kind of respected, more intelligent service here is definitely not doing that same thing. But if we scroll down a little bit, we can identify some of the problems that Moody's is uh, picking out here. Now, this is one of the most boring reports that I've ever had to read in my entire life. But they basically sum it up down here for rationale for outlook change, going from positive to negative. Luckily for you guys, you don't have to make your eyes bleed by looking at this report because we summed it up over here. So the major reasons that Moody's is, you know, starting to have a more negative outlook as we go into 2024 is, of course, spiking bond yields. That's going to dampen growth a little bit. Massive jumps in interest payments are set to come online with the United States running enormous deficits and especially combine that with uh, rate hikes and the floating floating rate debt that the U.S. issues from time to time. It's estimated that the interest to revenue ratio of the U.S. government is going to bump up to about 26% by 2033. So just as part of that trend, that's going to really dampen growth in that time period. Yeah, according to Moody's, who knows that's actually true. Minor growing fiscal deficits. This relates to the first two as well. Then, of course, the political polarization, basically the idiots in Washington not being able to get shit done. We're going to see that we're going to have a front row seat to that this week as well as we have up until about November 17th to actually uh, pass a new stopgap bill and not shut down the government once again. So I'm sure they're going to manage to fuck that up in some way, but definitely stay tuned because it's sure going to be interesting regardless of the outcome. But either way, Moody's isn't feeling too positive at all. Goldman, on the other hand, they came out with a macro outlook for 2024 entitled The Hard Part Is Over. Love to see that because personally, I'm a big fan of the easy part. And so this is a 28-page report. It's full of some cool charts that you definitely want to check out. Uh, it's worth it to spend some time just scrolling through. Definitely don't read anything because obviously that's incredibly boring. But going through and reading some of these charts actually might be entertaining. Once again, we summarized all the major takes here. Uh, basically, Goldman's excited about 2024 because uh, may, the main reason it is a continuation of disinflationary trends. So not you know declining inflation, but disinflation. So this is when the rate of inflation actually slows, but overall inflation isn't going down by any means. I think Goldman best sums up their report when they say, uh, it's literally the first line here, and they say, the global economy has outperformed even our optimistic expectations of 2023. Now, remember, most people came into the year not expecting much whatsoever. Remember, at this point, now that we're, you know, a good uh, 11 and a half months through the year, it's been made clear that, you know, the economy is performing fairly strongly. 4.7% GDP rating in Q3. Can't wait to see what Q4 has in store. Overall, Goldman is now estimating a 2.7% GDP growth rate for 2023, which is more than a percent higher than it was coming into the year. So quite the surprise to the upside in that sense. They're pricing only a 15% chance of a recession in 2024, driven by strong real household income, smaller drag from monetary and fiscal tightening, recovery in manufacturing, increased willingness of central banks to deliver rate cuts, uh, and a lot of good stuff like that. That's basically what's kind of driving this overall take. Better expect a return for fixed income assets and loans. This should free up credit as well and make uh, actually lending and doing things like buying houses a lot easier. And a strong labor market has really been booing this entire thing. Goldman sees absolutely no reason for that to change. Now, a strong labor market doesn't necessarily mean that you won't get fired if you're anything like me. I'm sure that's right around the corner. But either way, we're looking good right now. 
Now, like Matthew McConaughey says in his uh, rousing, definitely family-friendly scene in The Wolf of Wall Street, said, I don't care if you're Warren Buffett or Jimmy Buffett. Nobody knows if the economy is going up or down. He did say a stock. But I think it really encapsulates what we're seeing here, given that two titans of financial services have very differing opinions. Like the quote at the bottom says, uh, you know, if you're not confused, you're not paying attention. And that's exactly what we're seeing here today. Now, that's our big story of the day. So let's go into some of the earnings reports and other uh, nonsensical movements that are always occurring in markets that keep us entertained. First, we have Monday.com, the worst name for a company I could possibly imagine. But they reported earnings on a Monday. So I wonder if they do that on purpose. Didn't get a chance to go and look back, but that's something I would definitely love to see. So Monday.com, uh, basically, they absolutely killed it. They uh, So they actually ended up reporting a 64% or 64 cent share earnings per share. Uh, on $189 million in sales, easily destroyed expectations for $0.21 cents a share on $182 million. This was a huge swing from last year's loss of $0.51 cents per share in the same quarter. And so obviously investors were hyped to see that. Company seems to be doing well, and it's the only Monday in the history of the universe that people actually like from time to time. So that was a positive way to start off the week. Moving on down to Tesla, they didn't have an earnings report, but you know Elon's always fucking around in some sense. So of course, that's nonstop going on here. Uh, there was a lot of news going on yesterday. One of the biggest things that I saw was the Cybertruck basically limiting resales of the Cybertruck so you can't just buy it and flip it for a profit. But there's some other stuff going on as well. Most notably, India is thinking about chilling out on some of the export restrictions that they've had on the company. Uh, basically, they've been doing this so they can kind of prop up their own internal EV industry domestically. However, they're thinking about chilling out on some of that because Tesla's so sweet. And they want to allow their people to kind of have those at a reasonable price. In addition, European gas station providers are buying superchargers as well, just confirming Tesla's place as the leader in that industry here too. It really is unfair, especially when you have the world's second richest person running your company, kind of have that unlimited capital so they can really do whatever they want. And we're always glad to see Tesla doing well uh, and help, or formally helping out the WSO Alpha portfolio because the absolute moron that runs that apparently didn't see this coming, uh, you know, selling out of Tesla last month. But Definitely go ahead and sign up for the portfolio if you want to see that more. Moving on down below to the ones that absolutely miss that we definitely don't own in the Alpha portfolio, we have Beyond Meat. Now, I don't know who's crazy enough to think that disgusting, fake, rancid spelling meat would ever replace the beautiful taste and feeling that you get when you bite into a nice dead animal. It's one of our favorite things personally over here at the Daily Peel. And as we see in this Financial Times article, this is from 2021. Again, obviously, it's from the FT. Uh, so it's way back. This is a couple years old already. But we can already see the trend. You know, we're seeing uh, the plant protein sales are just absolutely plummeting, especially at retail sites. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Only a continuation of this trend. I couldn't find very updated data for this, but... Trust me, it's a continuation of that and Beyond Meats. Our notice reports definitely showcase this. 8.7% decline in overall sales and a 30% uh, plunge in retail sales. So that was really horrific to see. Feel bad for anybody dumb enough to own those shares. But speaking of, it's not just the fake meat that's doing terrible. Real meat is doing pretty awful as well with Tyson Foods absolutely falling apart. Largest poultry provider in the United States here. Uh, they are they reported $0.37 cents a share, beating out the $0.33 cents per share that was expected. However, sales came up short, likely due to all the complaining about chicken prices that's been going on since the pandemic, especially since JPL started raising rates. I love chicken. I think chicken tenders are the greatest food on earth. So I don't know what you crazy people are doing and not buying these. You're clearly not switching to plant-based meat, uh, but either way, Tyson wasn't happy to see it. Moving on down below, now we can point and, point and laugh at Marvel movies because they really are performing terribly. Now, 
Marvel is one of the biggest brands in American media. It really has driven the American cinematic culture for quite a while, for many years here now, especially over the last decade or so, as any blockbuster movie that's come out that your friends have texted you to go see has almost definitely been uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, unless you're, you are unfortunate enough to go and see something like The Fault in Our Stars or some other garbage like that. But speaking of movie garbage, the latest release from Marvel called The Marvels was one of their worst performers of all time. It actually was the single worst performer of all time, registering only $47 million at the box office. Only a couple other movies from the MCU have registered less than $60 million. I believe that being Ant-Man back in about 2015 in The Incredible Hulk. Both objectively garbage movies, and so is this one. Remember, the franchise overall is bigger than Star Wars, bigger than Harry Potter and James Bond. They average out to about $757 million in box office since the first release of Iron Man back in 2008. Uh, but this one was absolutely horrific, obviously only raking in $47 million. Disney is kind of falling apart with their studio production. It's something they just haven't seemed to care about, and fans are definitely taking notice. Now, down below... Uh, what, we're, what we're seeing here is basically what CEO Bob Iger has committed to personally helping out with in order to save the company. That includes streaming, parks and cruises, thankfully studios, as well as ESPN. Shareholders, they might not care too much about the studios, but anybody that's kind of watching Disney or unfortunate enough to go and see a recent Disney movie definitely cares because we're going to want to see a lot of improvement in that. You know, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Obviously, everybody's bullish on movies in the long term. We want to see, you know, high-quality entertainment. We've not been getting that from Disney at all, but they claim that they're going to be able to turn that around beginning with the Marvel Universe or the MCU. Big question of the day, is Disney losing its crown as the king of American cinematic culture? We haven't really seen any challengers to the crown. There's no usurpation going on. It's really just Disney falling apart at this point. Uh, who will replace them? Will I be able to turn things around? We will find out in due time. Like we said at the top here, talking about Moody's and Goldman, quote of the day, if you're not confused, you're simply just not paying attention. That's from our boy Tom Peters, an investor way back in the day. Uh, definitely go check that stuff out. But thank you guys so much for joining us again here today. You know, it's always exciting to get to hop on and talk to you guys. Uh, you know, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Definitely stay tuned for tomorrow because we're going to be getting into the CPI report. And we can't wait to see what you guys have to say. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.